welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about law enforcement issues in the news, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce our crew to you. And uh, guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, and look, for the first eight minutes, the video and the audio is going to be a little off, but it will correct itself. Uh, but hey, I want to start off with our special guest. So we have uh, Mike Roach, retired Secret Service. He's also an author. I think he's got 40 years law enforcement, about 26 years for the Secret Service. Uh, he wrote the, uh, the book called Mass Killers. So we'll have more information later on about how you guys can find him on the internet. And also, we have Tio Hardiman. And uh, Tio is also an author, uh, but he's an adjunct inspector, uh, instructor for criminal justice uh, professor. And uh, he is also the president of Violence Interrupters. And later on in the show, we'll have a way for you to track him down and get more information on him. And also, all retired this evening, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor, Ward Mythaler. Uh, we also have uh, Captain Brett Bartlett, Corporal David D. Gresta, and Officer Andrea Casal. So thanks, guys, for uh, being here. Appreciate that. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, Tech-Tote.com, and we are also fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping uh, make this show happen. Let's see our next one. Uh, we've got an update. PoliceOne.com, Fugitive Inmate Captured after manhunt correctional officer dead so if you guys remember when we were doing our live show last week uh lieutenant and we were talking about what were we were talking about uh it was it was something pretty provocative i can't remember what it was but i'm surprised that we were talking about uh sex or nudity or something then randy breaks the story hey guys i break breaking topic we're going to change topics and this he just got this off the news feed that this happened so it was breaking news and uh we heard you know what had happened from randy but but david we we wanted to uh david said we cover it later when we had all the information so i think we have more information now but um so uh evansville indiana a former alabama jail official has died after shooting herself when she and the murder suspect she was accused of helping to escape were captured on monday in indiana after more than a week being on the run so the capture ended the ended the manhunt through three states but it did not resolve the mystery of why vicky white 56 years old a respected jail official would help Casey White, 38 years old, that's a lot younger, a hulking inmate with a violent and frightening history. And when they showed a video of this guy, this guy's freaking huge. Um, so the two fugitives were caught in Evansville, Indiana, when U.S. Marshals, those are some bad guys, Brett, huh? They can catch anybody. They pursued their vehicle, and then they crash into it. So Casey White surrendered, and Vicki White was taken to a hospital after shooting herself and died from her injury. So the manhunt started on uh, April the 29th when she, Vicki, the assistant director of corrections for the jail in Lauderdale County, um, she allegedly helped engineer the escape of Casey White, who was awaiting trial in a capital murder case. And so she had told co-workers that she was taking him uh, from the jail for mental health evaluation at the courthouse. But the two of them, and they're not related, but they, they fled instead. U.S. Marshals received a tip on Sunday that um, surveillance photos from Evansville car war showed a man who closely resembled Casey White exiting a Ford F-150 pickup truck. And White stands, he's six foot nine and he's 260 pounds. So on Monday, they hear that the pair was spotted at near a sheriff's office 
And so the, as the officers arrive, they flee in a vehicle. There's a pursuit. And so the U.S. Marshals collide with them to end the pursuit. And Casey was injured, but not too seriously in the crash. But then, of course, Vicky shoots herself, causing very serious injuries. You know, you almost wonder whether they both say, hey, look, we're just going to shoot ourselves. So why don't you go first? And she shoots herself and he doesn't. I don't know. I'm just imagining that's the way it went down, Andrea. So Casey White was serving a 75-year prison sentence for attempted murder and other charges at the time of the escape. And he was awaiting trial on the stabbing of a 58-year-old woman during a burglary in 2015 and if convicted uh, he could face the death penalty so um that's the way all this stuff went down comments guys on this i see everybody kind of shaking their head but uh what a wild wild story when i first heard it tio i was thinking i suspected that these two were hooking up in the jail what do you think tio well i'll just be straightforward with everybody uh casey white he did what most men would probably try to do you know he was facing life in prison basically and he met an officer that kind of took to him and he we know he had mental health issues. So I don't know why they were taking him for a mental health evaluation. Somebody should have been able to catch that because of the because of his background. But at the same time, he did what most men like I say would do. And it's unfortunate the uh, officer took her life and uh, basically he was recaptured. It's a good thing he didn't go out there and take another life. So that's uh, the only thing I could say about it. Uh, it's a, it's a sad situation, but if you locked up in prison, you got a chance to, you know, and I don't want to say this to, you know, disrespect anybody in the world, but you're a grown man. You got a chance to hang out with a woman for a little while before you go serve a life sentence. That's what that guy did. That's what he did. And uh, she ended up losing her life behind it, which is really, really unfortunate. But that's that's my commentary right there, because uh, I don't like what what happened there. But I understand the mindset of that prisoner. Hey, he's going to go for this here right now, get a little freedom for a minute. It's just a good thing you got another criminal off the streets, though. All right. Thanks, Tio. And, and Captain Brett, I know you got your next. Uh, we got a minute and 30 seconds. We're going to end on this note. It'll end the first half of the show. So we'll end on this topic. But go ahead, Captain. Well, if you're going to escape from prison, don't be six foot eight. Just realize, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm always going to be in prison. As soon as I step out, you know, all they got to do is everybody stand up. Whoever's the tallest, they're, they're going to shoot. So you remember years ago, and it's not a happy note, but we had we had an officer killed in Tampa and we saw the video from the throw phone where they were talking the, the girl and the guy were talking about, you know, the, the, you know, the double suicide. He popped one under his chin and she went right to the door and opened the door, and let the cops in. So, you know, uh, double suicide, you go first. Ah, so is that what you're thinking happened, Brett? Exactly. Ex yep. So so he didn't live up to his end of the bargain, I guess, is what you're saying. Love has its limits, Chip. I think you know that. So, I, you know, I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And, and Brett, he was 6'9", not 6'8". I know, I know our standards of measurement are different, but, yes, he was 6'9", from what I read. So Yeah, and, and, a, and an inch means a lot to you, Chip. We know that, too. <laughs> it does. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. It does. So, um, guys, we got 16, 15 seconds. Anybody uh, want to throw anything in before we uh, come to the end of the first half? I see Ward reaching. Is he reaching? I can't tell. No, he's not. He, All right. He should have been a football player instead of a murderer. He he stabbed a woman to death. Cowardly act. Right. Straight up cowardly act. All right. Well, thank you, guys. All right. Uh, look, uh, that's the end of the first half of the show. So we have a whole nother uh, half coming up. And for everybody watching our show, you know, an hour radio is really made up of 45 minutes of content. The other 15 minutes is news, traffic, weather, and sports. So our 90-minute show is a perfect two-hour radio program. We will be right back. All right, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. 
Uh, guys, let's go ahead and uh, this is the beginning of the second half of our show. Let's start off with a uh, video here on Police One. New video shows 2020 shootout between Chicago cops. That's up in Tio's neck of the woods and a cuffed suspect. To let him move his hands to the front of his body. Officers say no. Take the cuffs off in the front, please. I'm not putting cuffs in the front. Officers briefly search him and find his phone, money, and drugs, but no gun. Jordan is put into the squad car. Video shows his hands clearly handcuffed behind him. 15, For almost four minutes, an officer drives Jordan unknowingly armed in the back seat. In that time frame, he somehow moves his cuffs in front and gets his hands on his gun hidden in his crotch. At the station, that officer opens the SUV door and Jordan is waiting for him. Dashcam video shows the officer fall to the ground, shot in the face and neck. He manages to find cover behind the squad car and will be okay. Officers nearby rush over to help. The police station turns into a battleground. A shootout ensues. Two other officers are hit. Jordan makes a run for it and hides behind another police car before he's shot and falls to the ground. The wounded officer is seen being helped in the Sally Port. Commotion and calls for an ambulance. At the end of this gun battle, a miracle. 50 shots fired, and everyone, including the suspect, survives. Now, yes, I read that correctly. I know you're thinking, how can a cuff guy shoot? Well, we're, we're going to find out here. So Chicago newly released video of a July 2020 incident. It shows police exchanging gunfire with a man who had been cuffed and searched. So according to NBC5, Lavelle Jordan was arrested after entering a parked vehicle that had been reported stolen. Officers cuffed and searched Jordan, but a handgun on his person was missed. And I can tell you from police work, it happens. It happens. Um, and I'm not talking with me. I was the guy that would usually find the guns that other cops would 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 miss. But it, there are cops that miss guns. And, uh, anyhow, that's, that's a whole other story about where they can hide them. So uh, Jordan was able to move the cuffs to his front and arm himself as he's sitting inside the back of the squad car. So video shows Jordan shoot officer Jason Cloherty as he opens the squad door from the outside. So a gun battle ensues outside the police station where officers are exchanging gunfire with Jordan, even as they began treating the fallen cop who had moved to cover on the opposite side of the squad car. So five officers were treated after the incident. Two of them actually had gunshot wounds. Jordan was struck by gunfire and he survived. He was sentenced to 31 years in prison on April the 11th, but he dies in custody on April the 19th. Imagine, yeah, I know, David, I'm looking at your face. So I'm, I'm sure there's a story there. Maybe Tio has some information on that. I don't know. But uh, we got, look, over 10 minutes um, before our next commercial break. Tio, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'm familiar with the case. I watched the video as well. Like I say, the police, uh, they, they did what's called due diligence, and they searched the young man, but they couldn't find the gun that he had. So the reality of it is that uh, it was a shootout. The, the young man was lucky he wasn't killed in the backseat of the police car right then and there. He survived, but he ended up passing away uh, later on. So that's the only thing I can say there. Just The police had to, to be aware to be, al to be alive. Uh, you cannot leave no stone unturned when you're out here dealing with serious offenders out here. So um, that's... Uh, that's what I saw on the video. And uh, those cops are lucky to be alive. Bulletproof vests save the lives of officers, uh, about 3,000 officers every year. 
here in the United States. So they should be blessed that they uh, were not killed as well, because all it takes is one one shot to, to kind of like, you know, destroy an artery. You can bleed out. All it takes is one second and you're out of there. So uh, that was a tough situation there. Really, really tough. Thanks, Tio. Good point. Uh, I, I, I don't know, Tio. There was a couple of stones that had been left unturned. Uh, and that's where the gun was, when it was right. underneath the bad guy's stones. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I get it. Uh, we've, I mean, small items, you know, a little, a little, many of us have, have missed small things in searches. Uh, bad guys conceal things all over themselves. They slide things in the, 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 the waistband of their pants, razor blades, can cuff keys, you name it. And small things like that. Okay, you know, every on occasion they, they, they get missed. Uh, but a gun in your crotch after after a struggle to get handcuffed, yeah, no. That that's uh that's a that's a poor job. And I would I would have to say that no, he was not properly searched uh, for a gun to be missed in somebody's crotch. A soft bag of dope, maybe a bag of marijuana or something like that, okay. Uh, a small item, very well hidden keistered even okay yeah but not a handgun in your crotch that's guys you, you slipped on that one bad yeah you know um yeah it was a uh, it was an interesting video but it wasn't a, it wasn't a necessarily an easy video to watch you know when that when that cop opens up that door and our bad guy's waiting for him you know i am i yeah training me? training video all day that's for certain but david didn't didn't if I, I look, we're talking about a lot of videos here, and sometimes they get mixed up in the head. But didn't one cop refuse to put the handcuffs in the back in the front? He was asking the big handcuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I can't breathe. There's something going on there. Please put my handcuffs in the front. And the guy says, Yeah, no, not a chance. Point number one, good point. But, but we also know a lot of guys that we've arrested that they have the don't ask me how they do it. I can't to get their handcuffs <laughs> from around behind them in front. Uh, and we've seen it, we've seen that many times. Uh, and, you know, of course, there's always ways of, of stopping that. But unless you know they can do it, it's not something that you re that you often take precautions for. But to miss a gun? Eh, no. That, mm. well, well, speaking of someone that's really, really flexible, Captain Bartlett, you're up. Uh, not so much, Chip, anymore. I've lost that cat-like agility. I think maybe what happened here is not so much, and I'm guessing, maybe that he didn't miss it. It may have been simply this. He was uh, somebody else handed the guy off to that officer. Uh, some discussion. Did you search him? Yeah, I searched him. Heat of the moment. Now, what what were what we all trained to do? Trust search but ver trust but verify. So I think more likely that he just he he was given the guy. Everybody's kind of in a hurry to get him the hell out of there because you know the 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 tension and everything. Maybe uh, maybe he trusted and didn't verify. Thank Andrea. Brad, I'm just glad that he said that you were the flexible one because I was hoping I wasn't going to be the next one. <laughs> um, real quick, I just I just feel like, you know, I think that through the years it got to be a lot more um, where searches, people would sit there, you know, you'd get complained on every time you turned around and officers would get a lot more complacent. I think that it made it very difficult to start searching people. Once they changed the, um, our SOPs were changed to be where anytime you manipulated any of the undergarments, it was a strip search and you had to have supervisor approval. Once you start doing those things, it starts to make it where officers, you know, they're, they're less likely to search as well because they don't want to get complained on. 
it's not right. Nothing should change. You need to search. You need to make sure that you're protecting yourself, protecting the other officers. And I also do agree with Brett. I think people a lot of times will assume a prisoner and you just want to sit there. You don't want to hurt your friend's feelings. You know, oh, oh I, I trust you. I trust you. No, this isn't about trust. This is about I'm making it home safely and I'm going to make sure that everybody else makes it home safely as well. You have to, to search them. You have to research them. And, you know, then before you put them in the backseat of the car, a lot of times people get complacent. They don't check their back seats. All of those things need to happen repetitively. Get yourself into a system and do that. This was a very unfortunate video to watch for me. You know, I, I will say, Andrea, that in my experience, unless something's changed, whenever I found a gun on a bad guy that a cop that, that the cop that was handing them off to me had missed, I mean, you don't have to do anything more than that. I mean, it is humiliating. And I mean, they it, it's it's I don't know. I, I think it's I don't think you necessarily have to go to I mean, I would unless there was really a serious issue, I don't think you have to go to the supervisor or anything. I mean, it's usually so bad and it's so frowned on and so embarrassing. I don't know if your experience is, is different, David, but uh, with me, they have been so apologetic and it never happened again from that officer. Never happened again. So at least that's my experience. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting uh, what Andrea said. I because thinking back, I think I've had more uh, more guys junk in my hand than I can than I care to to remember. It's just, it's just one of those things that happens. Uh, you get you get them say, "Oh, what are you grabbing me down there for? You what are you what are you?" And they try to insult you or whatnot. You're going, "Yeah, okay." That just makes me dig even further, brother. Because right. uh, I'm, you know, uh, I'm going to know everything personally about you before you go to jail because I, you just you can't miss stuff like that. You can't. You know, there's I'm no. Go, go ahead, Tia. Just want to say quickly, there's no margin for error. Not when you're dealing with people's lives being at risk here. No margin at all. And I want to say this for the record as well, uh, especially for some of the liberal people out there that really don't understand what's happening on the ground level. When, when a young person, no matter if they're black, white, Latino, Asian, whatever, decide to put on some uh, combat boots and put a gun in their hand and go out and carjack somebody, go break some house and kill that person, they have to deal with, with whatever comes their way. They can break in somebody's house and that person defends themselves. Or they can try to hurt somebody and the police catch up with them. Don't go trying to cry now because you made a, a conscious decision to go out there and hurt somebody. So you have to deal with those consequences. We have to understand this and separate the line. You have some people that are psychotic out here that just don't care, have no type of feelings at all for anybody, no empathy or anything. So you have to deal with them situations in a hardcore way. It's unfortunate, but uh, a lot of times that's just, you have people out here that are incorrigible where they're not going to be able to actually turn it around maybe 30 years from now. I believe in second chances. Don't get me wrong. I believe in uh, restorative justice and all those type of uh, practices. But we're dealing with everyday life situations. Innocent people are being harmed on a daily basis across America. And we have to stand up for the innocent people out here. Just everyday working class people, just citizens in general. All right. Thank, thank you, Tio. Andrea, why don't you close us out on this? I was just going to say, I don't know if, if as many of you guys had to deal with it as we did. You know, a lot of times it got down to the point where you would always call, the guys would call for a female officer to do the searches. I didn't care if it was a male, female, whatever. I was going to do the search, especially, you know, demographics today. You know, everything, it's its all questionable. I mean, we had to we had to kind of ask people, you know, how they wanted to be identified. So it got to the point, who, what does it matter who's searching you? And, you know, I would do my own searches. And if anybody wanted me to come search for you, I would. But you need to be able to search your own prisoner no matter how they identify. You have to be able to do that. You have to make sure that you can put them in the backseat of your car and that you know that you're going to be safe in doing so. And I think that we've, again, we've kind of gotten away from that. Forget it. I, you know, I would search men, I would search women, whatever. 
you, you know, you, you just have to be prepared to do so. I saw half the half the male panel throw their hands up like volunteering when you said that, Andrea. Crap. I mean, for our radio listeners and podcasters, you know, you're you're missing it. And 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 David, I was watching Ward's face when you were getting in the great detail about what you went through. And I and he was grimacing. I mean, I, I think that Brett, I'm thinking that we need to do get together for some more deadly force scenario training videos and have a specific scenario involving Ward Mythaler and Corporal David DiGresta. Yeah. All right. I think that might be good on video. All right. Nope. Got to throw Andrew into it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, silly me. All right. Look, uh, FLG man, MVS. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, appreciate it. And for all of our uh, our users, subscribers that watch as well, a shout out to Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tote.com. Also, Bang Energy for fueling us. Uh, appreciate that. And thank you to our special guest, Mike Roach and T.O. Hardyman. And guys, we will uh, put your links up to your sites up on uh, our show this week. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week.